It's Wednesday, October 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the the Phillies cannot be stopped. They are a juggernaut. Ten nothing last night. Uh, they take a two nothing lead in the National League Championship Series, uh, shutting out the Diamondbacks, and they look like they're in complete control. Kyle Schwarber with two more home runs. Uh, the the Phillies have hit more home runs than any other team in the postseason, and it. <laughs> Every time they hit a, you know, they have a multi-home run game or, or they, they hit the ball with power the way that they did, uh, the only thing that goes off in my mind is, boy, the, uh, uh, the, the Guardians are really not built for October baseball right now. Jeez, oh man, you can say that again, Joe. I mean, they've hit 19 home runs in this postseason. They are seven and one in the postseason. You know, they 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 swept Miami. They beat the Braves three one, and now they're up two zero against Arizona. Uh, Trey Turner added a home run with Schwarber's, you know, to go along with Schwarber's two, and they're getting great pitching too, Joe. Yeah, uh, Nola last night was uh, lights out and. Uh, really, I, I was impressed with, uh, you know, the movement on his, his, his curveball. He was, uh, you know, really pitching to both sides of the plate and, and keeping Arizona's hitters off balance. Uh, you're right They're They're not only getting, uh, that, that power, uh, you know, a lot of, of, of home runs and, and, and you see doubles to the gap with runners on base. Uh, they're getting that, but they're also getting just the solid pitching from their starters uh, and and when they turn it over to the bullpen and, you know, nobody's getting on base. Yeah, they've got an overall 1.39 ERA for the postseason. Uh, you know, well, Aaron uh, Nolan is 3-0 and with a 0.96 ERA this postseason. Just, uh, you know, everything is going their way uh, right now. And they look like, you know, the team to beat right now. I mean, the, the series flips back to uh, – to Arizona or goes back to Arizona uh, for, uh, you know, today's a travel day and, and for, you know, I guess Friday will be game three, but, you know, you just started seeing signs of the Diamondbacks, you know, they're kind of, there's some cracks showing. They, they let that pop up fall between the catcher, the pitcher and, and the third baseman late in the game, you know, mistake, uh, just a mistake you don't see. You shouldn't see in, in a spring training game. And, you know, I think they're, they're starting to get a little rattled. Yeah, and it's easy. I, I was going to ask, you know, how much of a, a factor, you know, the, the home field advantage has been for uh, Philadelphia. They were, they're, what, 6-0 and at uh, Citizens Bank Park in, in the postseason uh, when the, the momentum and the, the crowd get going. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough, probably the toughest environment right now to play in uh, in, in baseball. Uh, that, that's a big deal for them, and they, they, you can really tell that this, this team feeds off of that crowd energy. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, what I mean, uh, like Red October or something. It is just uh, Bedlam at the bank. Isn't that what they're they're yeah. calling it? So, uh, you know, it it is it's a tough environment to play. Those fans are in sitting in their seats, you know, an hour before game time. Everybody or not, they're not even sitting. I think they're probably standing. And, uh, you know, those, and that and that team plays to that crowd. You know, you feel the energy going back and forth. Uh, just, a, you know, really a great 
baseball environment and it's you know october baseball to you know that's the best that's the best thing about october baseball is like you know kind of that you know that that kind of leisurely game to game pace in august is out the window now it's you know it's frenzy you know just uh, chaos from from one pitch to the next yeah and and the formula that they've been using has been uh you know pretty unbeatable it, you know early home runs the first couple of batters in the first inning uh hit home runs uh from Schwarber from Turner from from Harper uh you, you get that those first couple of games this series and and then it's like the the Diamondbacks don't have a chance to come back you, you tell the, the game's over within the first you know uh you know hour uh being out there you're there there's just no chance for for Arizona to come back yeah uh, you, you know they strike feeling. early they strike early and Schwarber hasn't really done much, you know, this postseason, but he's on fire now. He's that's he had two last night. He had one in the opener, so that you know, three home runs in the first two games, and he's hitting leadoff. You know, so yeah. if he gets going, that whole lineup gets going. Yeah, it's a it's it's a tough uh, situation to beat. So uh travel day for the the NL. They'll be back in Arizona on Thursday uh to continue that series as the Phillies lead two nothing. Uh, meanwhile, uh, it's two nothing in the American League Championship Series as Texas uh, looks to continue against Houston. Uh, that series shifts to Arlington, uh, and and Max Scherzer will be on the mound uh, for the first time in the postseason after coming back from a a, a late season arm injury uh, for the Rangers. Yeah, Joe, he's going to be making his first start since uh, September twelfth. That was against Toronto when he went five and a third innings and kind of grabbed his shoulder, I guess, in the Terrace Major muscle. He strained that. And, you know, in Cleveland, we know all about the Terrace Major muscle. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, how many pitchers have had that? Uh, James Karinchak had it. Uh, uh, Tristan McKenzie had it. And they and they were out a lot longer than uh, Scherzer here, Joe. I don't know if Scherzer's going to play Superman or not, but this is, uh, you know, I would think he'd be on a short leash uh, tonight uh, against Houston. Yeah, and, and I think Karachak and McKenzie weren't the only ones that had it. I think didn't Sam Hentges have it uh, yeah, as well? Yeah, and Cody Morris. And, and by by now, uh, those of us on the uh, on the Guardians beach should be able to read an MRI and and uh, diagnose a Terrace Major muscle uh, strain or injury. If uh, you know, if we get to we get to see too many more of these, uh, we've asked Chris Antonetti about that injury so many times and you know, why so many of these pitchers have, uh, you know, been suffering, uh, you know, from some sort of uh, injury to that muscle. Uh, we, we don't, I think we don't have a, 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 a satisfactory answer as to why it's become such a, a popular or a common injury uh, nowadays. Uh, could be just because the, the diagnosis is, is more prevalent now. The, the technology to, to diagnose that injury is, is more prevalent so you're seeing it diagnosed more uh, specifically, but uh, you know for sure, sort of like you said, to come back in this this short time frame is something that we haven't necessarily seen. So I'll be curious to see how he performs out there, uh, if if he's able to go uh, any any sort of length or be effective uh, against a, a Houston lineup that is uh, is getting backed into a, a corner right now. Uh, you know they're they're pretty desperate. They're going to need a win tonight. And uh, this is still a lineup that's very dangerous and, and very potent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Scherzer 
uh, you know, seven and seven in the postseason in his postseason career, three point five eight. So he's tested for sure, but he's going to be probably on a seventy pitch limit here t- uh, tonight, Joe. Um, and uh, he's going to be facing a tough guy in uh, in Christian Javier. You know, he's he's one and zero in this postseason, and he's just got great postseason numbers in his career: five and one, one point nine one ERA. You know, if if Houston is going to get back in this uh, in this series uh, tonight's probably the night where they've got to take a big first step. Yeah, it's uh, a a big game for the Astros as they're uh, uh, continuing to you know they're making their seventh uh, straight appearance in the American League Championship Series, so they've they've faced some big tests like this before. Uh, certainly, they they know what they're doing uh, in this situation. Should be a good game tonight. Uh, all right. Uh, other news in, in Major League Baseball. And, and we've uh, you know, we mentioned this the other day uh, and our sh- sort of our shock and surprise that uh, Kim Ng, the, uh, um, the the former general manager for the uh, Miami Marlins, who declined her uh, option uh, to, to come back uh, for the 2024 season uh, and is, is now no longer the general manager uh, in Miami. Uh, we found out why and, and the reason why uh, that was reported or that, uh, you know, Kim uh, released a, a statement uh, saying that the, the Marlins wanted to hire a director of baseball operations uh, over her uh, and basically make her the uh, the number two in that organization uh, after she had built a, uh, a successful playoff, uh, you know, contending uh, team. And uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but, you know, sort of fits with uh, in, in what you're thinking about the uh, the Miami organization in terms of uh, making making kind of questionable decisions, I guess, uh, and letting somebody with the experience and the talent uh, that that Kim Ng, you know, whether or not uh, she's the the first general female general manager in baseball, and, and that makes no difference whatsoever. This is a person with the credentials and the credibility uh, that you would want to keep around, and and now she's out there on the free agent market. Uh, in, in terms of if, if she wants a job, I would imagine uh, that there would be a bunch of teams, uh, look at who anybody who's looking for uh, front office help uh, that she could help out. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, you know, Boston, as we've said before, is looking for a, you know, president of baseball operations. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I would think that would be a place where she could land. And, uh, you know, this is a it's a strange situation, strange situation, you know, in Miami where, you know, the, it's really been an unsettled, uh, you know, an unsettled franchise. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, Derek Jeter left, uh, you know, Don Mattingly, the manager left and now uh, Kim leaves, um, you know, so something, you know, something is on something's going on there where the baseball people, the experienced baseball people are uncomfortable with it. And, you know, you would think after, you know, the Marlins finally made the postseason. Yeah, it was a wild card, but she made moves that helped them make the postseason at the trade deadline that they would reward her, not not bring in someone above her. And I, I would think, you know, the fact that they didn't offer an extension, you know, that they just picked up her option and made her basically a lame duck, you know, uh, GM, uh, you know, would, uh, you know, that probably played into this as well. Yeah, it doesn't make, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not, uh, not the way you want to run an organization, run, run a front office, uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, sending messages to, uh, players with, with what you do and, and what you don't do. So, 
uh, interesting to follow the situation there. And now, uh, now Miami's looking for, uh, an executive. So, uh, you know, who knows, uh, what the possibilities will be there. Speaking of the, the coaching, uh, search and the managerial, uh, carousel, I guess, um, nothing really new to report in terms of the, the guardians managerial search. Uh, I think we, we talked about yesterday how, you know, we think, uh, you know, maybe the, the next manager is, is sitting on the bench or, uh, in, involved in the organization of one of these four remaining, uh, uh, active teams and that the, the guardians are waiting to at least, uh, interview uh, somebody, uh, who's, who's still, you know, involved in the postseason, And that's why we haven't heard much. Uh, I would expect uh, shortly after, uh, the, the end of the, the world series possibly, or, you know, during the world series, maybe we'll hear from, uh, uh, Chris Antonetti about, you know, what, what's taking place with the managerial search. Uh, but other teams that are looking for managers, or other teams that, that have managers uh, available. We, we're seeing reports about, you know, uh, the possibility that Craig Council uh, in, in Milwaukee is uh, going to wait until the end of the World Series when he becomes, uh, you know, free of his contract and, and Milwaukee can't stop him from talking to anybody else. Um, you know, maybe the, the Mets are a possibility there. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the major uh, stumbling point with Milwaukee right now is, is money with, with Craig Council, if I'm not correct. Yeah, he wants to get paid what he's worth. You know, he's done a great job there. I think they've been to the postseason five of the last six years. You know, and they're like a they're kind of a mid market team, just like Cleveland. They draw a little better, but you know, same kind of city, right by a lake. So you know, the, they have a dome though, so they don't have to <laughs> uh, do with the compete with the weather. But you know, he's a guy that I think would be on Cleveland's uh, radar yeah, uh, as soon as he. As soon as he comes off of uh, his contract, which ends at, at the end of October. But he's also a Wisconsin guy, a native. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's, you know, the speculation is if they paid him what he thought he was worth, what he thinks he's worth, that he would stay there. But who knows? I mean, he's a guy at least, I think, that wants the ability to uh, get out on the open market and kick the tires and see just what he's worth. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, the uh, the Mets would be a, a name that keeps popping up uh, simply because they they just recently hired uh, their uh, director of baseball operations who was uh, recently he was with council in Milwaukee and uh, you know a guy who um, you know there he's very familiar with and and the Mets can offer to if if he wants to double his salary he's making what about three and a half million a year. Uh, the Mets could do that without batting an eyelash. So uh, you think that Craig Council would would be interested to hear what the what the Mets would have to offer uh, in that regard, and if the Guardians are competing with the Mets uh, for for that kind of uh, you know uh, positioning with with uh, Council, uh, then it's going to be a real tough uh, tough job to land him. Uh, he, you mentioned about playing in the dome, but what would you rather? Would you rather play in Cleveland and have the situation with uh, Progressive Field? Or would you play in uh, Milwaukee where, uh, you know, yeah, they've got a dome, but from all reports and every indication that, that you know, I've heard uh, that's, uh, you know, they, they want to build a new one. They, they're, they're already uh, at their end with, uh, with that uh, venue because the, the setup is so bad and, you know, the, the windows with the lights and uh, the, the issues that they have uh, with that ballpark, uh, they, they don't like uh, – uh, the way things are set up, would you rather play in Cleveland or Milwaukee? 
Joe, I'd rather play anywhere with that, that has a that has a hat on it in April and May. In, <laughs> if Cleveland would could okay, have I a win ask, on something, I, I, I'd I rather do ask, that. I didn't ask if you would rather cover games in, <laughs> in Milwaukee or Cleveland, because I think we all know the answer to that question. But uh, you know, if you're a player, I, I think the uh, the facilities in Cleveland. On a, on a nice summer uh, sunny day are, are are you know equal to any of that in the uh, in in baseball so uh, you know just to just to throw that out there don't don't think that just because it's a, a stadium with a retractable roof that it's the uh, uh, the be all and end all it it could still still kind of be a dump which is you know what we're hearing from at least our friends in uh, in Minnesota are uh, are not exactly very high on Milwaukee's ballpark uh, at, yeah jeez I I did not know that, Joe. You know, the one thing about Miller Field, it's Miller Field, is it still Miller, Miller Park? Yeah, I, I don't know if Park? it's, I don't know if it's yeah. still called Miller Park, but yeah. yeah. That's, uh... They have a great chocolate milkshake <laughs> machine in in the press room. That's that's it, the thing that I remember. I mean, that that was like me and Tom Hamilton wore that thing out when they were there the last time. Oh, hey, Hoinsey, how was the trip to Milwaukee? <laughs> oh, the milkshakes were great. That and the brats. Yeah. Don't, you, Hoinsey goes to Milwaukee and he drinks milkshakes, I'm sure. Milwaukee, the, the you know, beer central. And he's telling us about, wait a minute, didn't didn't you go to Marquette? Weren't you? Yeah, I went to school I mean, there. Yeah. You went to school up there. Come on, man. Milkshakes? I'm not buying that for a second. Hoinsey's, <laughs> Hoinsey's pass it, walks right past the beer tap to the milkshake machine. I'm sure <laughs> that that's what happened. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I want to turn, uh, our, our, I want to mention to our, our listeners uh, about subtext, uh, our subscription texting service. Uh, me and Hoinsey are, are on that and sending out messages uh, in the off season uh, every day. Uh, it's three ninety nine a month to uh, subscribe, and you get the latest and what we're thinking and the opportunity to comment on some of the stories that you know we're thinking about writing. Uh, you know, we recently posted our our ten players that we would uh, pay money to see uh, right now, and uh, you know got your feedback on that. Uh, that was a lot of fun to, to, to sort of interact with our, our, our subscribers that way. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a, a great time to sign up for it. Go to cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346. And uh, we will uh, be in touch and, and uh, love to have you with the subtext community for the Guardians. Uh, Hoinsey, the Guardians have one of their top prospects, uh, Kyle Manzardo. Uh, performing like a top prospect right now out in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, two more home runs for the uh, Peoria Javelinas last night uh, as Manzardo hit one 471 feet. Uh, every time uh, this kid, uh, you know, puts one up in the in the Fall League, uh, you get a little more excited about uh, the possibilities, and uh, it's certainly going to make it interesting come come March, whether this kid breaks camp with the uh, with the Guardians and, and makes the major league roster, uh, we're, we're certainly going to get a chance to see him uh, at some point in 2024. But uh, Manzardo certainly uh, churning up the uh, the hype machine right now with his performance in the fall league. Yeah, definitely, Joe. He hits, he's hitting 286, four doubles, five home runs, 13 RBIs. He's leading the Arizona Fall League in home runs. He's got a one one. He's his OPS is one point one two six. Like I mean, it's off the charts. He's you know he's really kind of an exciting player, Joe. I mean, this is a guy they got from Tampa Bay for 
for uh, uh, Aaron Savali at the deadline. It caused a lot of uh, an uproar with the with the ball club, but it looks like uh, you know they know they knew what they were doing. The front office and plus Chase uh, Delatour, their their number one pick from what two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's you know while while uh, Manzardo's leading the the AFL in home runs. Delato's leading them in, in RBIs with 14. So, you know, that's uh, there hasn't been this kind of power in this organization for a while, Joe. So that's exciting. That's something to get excited about. Yeah. The only thing, if uh, if Manzardo were a right-handed hitter, I think, uh, you know, there would be a lot more excitement about it. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter which way you're swinging it, uh, which side of the plate you're swinging from. Uh, if you're hitting the ball out of the park, uh, this this organization will be looking at you and uh, hoping that you progress quickly uh, to the major league level. Uh, yeah, y- y- you talk about uh, this is the perfect situation for both of those guys who who had uh, their seasons not inter- not necessarily interrupted, but they they lost time this season. Uh, they didn't play full years uh, in in the the minors this year because of injuries. Uh, Manzardo was, I believe, a, a shoulder injury, and um, uh, or uh, or was it a, a collarbone? Something? No, uh, shoulder. He kind of had a, a, a slight uh, dislocation of the shoulder. Yeah. And then Delatter, uh, you know, was was slowed coming out of uh, uh, training camp as well. So, uh, you know, it's a perfect situation that they get to extend sort of their season, play at least a, a certain number of games extra in this fall league. Uh, and and really don't read into too much into the numbers. Again, you're playing in Arizona where, you know, the air is thin, you know, uh, numbers get inflated that way. Uh, but also you're not necessarily facing uh, the greatest pitching competition. Uh, you know, organizations don't send uh, their their top pitching prospects and keep them pitching for for this deep into the, the postseason uh, in the in the fall league. You, you sort of shut your your top prospects down and try to care for them that way. Uh, these are mostly guys who like uh, like Manzardo and Delauder maybe have missed some time during the season and want to get to a certain level of innings or or their lower level prospects who didn't uh, didn't come on or didn't join join their clubs uh, until later in the year. So, you know, you're, you might not necessarily be facing top level pitching uh, for these guys, but still to be able to put up those uh, those numbers is is a good sign for, for guys like Delauder and uh, Manzardo. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, we've had a lot of guys, uh, you know, the Guardians have sent a lot of guys, you know, they sent two, three, four guys to the Arizona Fall League every year. But I can't remember any of the, any of them putting up uh, power numbers like this. Even Nolan Jones, when he went out there, he got hurt and br- hurt his thumb. So, mm-hmm. you know, what Jose Tania. Uh, won the won the AFL batting title, but he was hitting singles. So this right. is kind of exciting. Yeah, that's the thing. I believe uh, those guys you mentioned, Tana and uh, and Nolan Jones, uh, you know, did well. I think Richie Palacios, uh, you know, yeah. uh, hit hit real well out in the in the fall league a couple of years back. But uh, but again, yeah, you've got to you got to sort of be aware of of, of what uh, what those numbers necessarily mean for these guys uh, and. You know, just the, the the time to be able to bond. I I, I can I see uh, Manzardo and Delauder sort of uh, you know they look like the uh, the poster for that uh, that movie Step Brothers. The two of them just sort of hanging out together and uh, you know do we just become best friends? That's sort of the uh, uh, the uh, the vibe that I'm getting off of them. And it could be good. It could be fun to watch them uh, play as teammates uh, in the major league someday. 
Uh, all right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll follow the uh, Houston versus Texas matchup tonight, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Good deal, Joe.